This isn't for your eyes. Hello and welcome to another brand new shiny episode of the Groovy Ghoulies podcast. I, as always, am your host, Mr. Reese Griffiths, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. David White. Hello. Uh, today's episode is a special episode. It's an interview episode, which we managed to blag. And without giving too much away, it's with a gentleman, a man, named Philip Escott. And it's to do with a film festival called Fractured Visions that is coming to Cardiff at the end of September. Um, but we're not going to talk about that right now because we did a lot of talking about that in the interview. So I'll leave that. Um, so for now, we're just going to have a little chinwag about the kind of stuff we've been doing for the last week or yep. so. So what have you been should, up to, Dave? I should point out before we begin that these episodes are going to be a bit out of whack because we cancelled episode number seven because we just woefully unprepared for it. And we recorded another two episodes after that. So we're going to be speaking about stuff we've been doing this week now. But then we'd be speaking about stuff we'd be doing for the last previous weeks in the next episode, if that makes any sense. Which means that... The stuff we're talking about now has happened yeah. now, and the stuff we're talking about in the future has happened in the past. past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like some weird sort of time travel... we got mad skills. Mad yeah. skills. Yeah, things have been a bit hectic in terms of uh, our personal lives at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to get back on schedule and get a sort of... Good rhythm going for editing episodes and recording episodes and generally getting them out with a bit more consistency than we have been doing. Yeah, so what I'm planning on doing is that this episode will go up whenever it goes up, more likely on Sunday the... 16th. Sunday the 16th. Going to try and smash an episode out in the day. Have another episode up next week and then the following week I'll have another episode and then maybe we'll look at a bit more of a regular, regular schedule after that. Now things are starting to sort of settle down, we're looking at, yeah, being a bit more professional in our efforts. Yeah. But before we get too, you know, bogged down in being professional and that, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? Been playing a load of Spider-Man. Spider-Man! I understand you have been as well. I have, I finished Spider-Man, platinum it, traded yeah. it in. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not quite finished it yet. What are your thoughts, man? Um, yeah, when I first put it on, I was like, yeah, this is the fucking Spider-Man game I've been waiting for, man. yeah, yeah. Um, they've the the whole traversing around New York City. They've really like polished that. It's really yeah. smooth. Yeah. I was really enjoying it to the point where actually I spent the first three hours or so just collecting backpacks. Yeah. Um, which I'd like to point out to the game developers that are obviously listening. 
you couldn't have come up with like a better sort of story for like collecting yeah, the backpacks yeah apparently the backpacks Peter Parker has left them lying around and has completely forgot about them yeah but inside the backpacks are all things that reveal his identity yeah <laughs> like, it seems like something you wouldn't really leave lying around yeah you know? So I was a bit like, well, this is a bit of a shitty angle for collectibles. Yeah, but they had to come up with a whole open world collecting things. Yeah. You know, they had to time up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I finished it, polished it off. Um, mm. Outside of some grinding for various combat bits. Clear out this base, clear out that base. Yeah. Do five crimes here, five crimes there. Yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I definitely think it's a solid contender for one of my games of the year. Yeah, it's up there, definitely. Um, you said you haven't quite finished it yet, have you? Not yet, no. Um, I'm loving it, though. It's great. I mean, at first I did think this is going to be another Arkham Asylum, or Arkham, yeah, an Arkham game. But combat seems a little more nuanced than that. I feel like the combat in the Arkham games is a bit reactionary. You're waiting for the little indicator, little indicator to come up on Batman's head, then you're countering, then you're acting. Whereas if you try to play it like that, try to play Spider-Man like that, you'd fail spectacularly. Yeah. I found, uh, yeah, the combat, I kept trying to do the Batman countering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, and it just doesn't go well at all. Yeah. <laughs> Especially against those fucking brutes, man. Yeah, they're oh, fucking God. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you can unlock several spider suits which come with the individual powers. Have you got a particular suit you're fond of at the moment? At the moment, I'm with the... Um, what's the latest Avengers called? Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity War in spider suit. I think that one's pretty cool. I gotta be honest. I sort of tried on a couple because there's a trophy for it. Yeah. But I always went back to Punk Rock Spider Man. Yeah, Punk Rock Spider is pretty cool. Yeah. And the special Punk Rock Spider Man's got. Oh uh, yeah. Really, just have you tried the special? Is it the sound thing. Um. Oh, it might be. Maybe I got the special. I've stolen somebody else's special. Right. Okay, yeah. The special that I'm using is the. You can't one. switch up the special abilities per suit, can you? Yeah. yeah. So the one that I'm using, I just unlocked loads of suits and just yeah equipped him with the punk one. So maybe I didn't nice. pay too much attention to the powers. Um, but the power that I did end up using and used throughout the entirety of the game mm. is the one where you do like a spin in the air shooting out loads of webs and you oh, automatically okay, yeah. like, you know, tax people. I tried that one, yeah. yeah. Comes in really handy for a lot of the grinding out of the crimes. Yeah. I just used like the four spider legs that come out of the Infinity War. Suit. I saw that one and was all like, yeah, cool. looks pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I ended up using this one because once it's charged, yeah, you go into like, for example, you've got um, the Sable enemy bases. Yeah. The crime bits where you go into there they're like they're like boxed off areas they're like quarantine areas like, like checkpoints yeah so when you drop into there and you just pew 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 pew, pew the spider webs everywhere and like yeah. it's pinning people or tying people up because you time to like pull down towers and stuff yeah so i found that really like really useful one nice. that was my key one yeah then another favorite of mine is like there's a black one with i think like a green spider on the back yeah yeah that's pretty cool only because it's black obviously yeah uh, the stealth one I used quite a lot, the 1950s Spider-Man one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because it looks cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so as a general overview, you're enjoying it so far? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, it's definitely up there in my top like top games of the year. I, I don't know, the more I play it, the more it does seem like a bit of a grind. You know, I think yeah. you said the same earlier, didn't you? It's a bit... Yeah, definitely towards the end, doing the bases. And like you get random crimes that happen around the city that you have mm. to go and solve. I say solve. You have to go and interrupt. You have to stop them robbing stuff. You have to stop the cars and that. Yeah. But you've got four factions. There's the criminals. Yeah. There's the demons. There's the sables. And, and there's the, the convicts. convicts. The escape yeah, yeah. convicts. Yeah. But the crimes being committed 
are all the same essentially for all four factions instead of having like faction specific crimes or just more of yeah variety like a mugging going on there's a kidnapping going on or yeah yeah the hostages on a bus right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's all a lot of the same so where you've got um the individual sections within manhattan yeah. i think they're calling it i don't know my american geography very well but yeah, it's okay the map you've got the map and yeah. the individual sections you have to 100 percent each section yeah so there's at least like over, well there's over 100 of these crimes you've got to do in total yeah and there's like five of each faction crimes per area yeah so when you're rinse and repeating essentially 20 of these things per area and they're basically the same thing and like you said it's over 100 it does get a bit of a grind yeah yeah totally the only other thing that I wasn't overly fond of is there's a bit I'm not sure if you've come across it yet mm. I don't think you have so maybe I won't talk about it because it's a spoiler, it's a spoiler? Yeah. yeah I'll save it for the end of year bit okay yeah yeah cool um, yeah outside of Spider-Man you've been playing anything else or watching anything else have we spoken about Hereditary yet in the later episode? I don't think we've spoken about Hereditary yet. Right. <laughs> so we might have. We might have. We don't know. This is the problem with recording episodes of yeah, Future Past. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Fucking X-Men. <laughs> episodes of Future Past. Um, but yeah, just for the record, in case you haven't talked about it you watched Hereditary I did watch Hereditary yeah I did acquired you? Hereditary did I you did. love Hereditary I fucking loved Hereditary yeah it's fantastic Hereditary is amazing yeah um, it comes up in conversation in our interview um, and yeah the hype is worth the hype if you're a horror fan it's definitely one to check out yeah the end is fucking grim it's a very bizarre film that I think the use or lack thereof of like a soundtrack yeah yeah really helps and set the tone like, like the sound effects they use as well a fantastic that part at the end yeah I think we have talked about it because I talked about the annoying bitch with the clicking oh uh, right yeah but I don't think I'd seen it at that point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but no I have seen it in the past <laughs> <laughs> weirdly um, I think we can talk about it in depth now. Are, like, are we giving spoilers away uh, oh, it hasn't come out yet has it so I think we should give people the opportunity to watch it for you. It's definitely going to be on our list of top ten. Yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. Easily. So we'll talk about it in depth at the end of the year. It gives right. people a chance to watch it then, I think. Good call. But, um, yeah. Tell us what you think. I'm of the opinion that if we're talking about a movie, like if we're going to do a specific episode about a movie, then as long as we give you forewarning, once that episode is posted, it's up to you then. We're going to yeah, talk yeah. about it in detail and yeah. possibly spoilers. If we're not going to do a main film-themed episode, shall we do a spoiler-free so that you have an opportunity to watch and to form your own opinions, etc., etc.? It all comes as a surprise. I think that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's always we could always put it, put what we're talking about in the description of the episodes as well, so that people can read that before they go into it and know yeah. there's going to be spoilers ahead for whatever they're going to be watching. Put a couple of warnings in. Yeah, it's one of the things about a couple of the podcasts I do listen to. If it's a film I haven't seen, I won't listen to the episode yeah, yeah. until I've watched the film. Yeah, that makes sense. Because there's been a couple of times where like, they're talking about a movie and I think, because I know what's coming, it sort of ruins the movie a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's not what we want to do. We want you to enjoy every movie you watch, Indeed. provided it warrants enjoyment. Yes. Because yeah. there are some stinkers out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen anything of note in the last couple of weeks since I've seen you? Um, I have watched a couple of films. I haven't been to... I've been trying to sort of do a... Um, almost 
setting myself like a, a film challenge, if you will. Out of right. curiosity, I want to see how many films I get through in a year. So I've yeah. started using Letterboxd yeah. and making a list of some various bits and pieces that I've watched. But yeah, I think since the last time we came and had a chat, I watched The Howling 2. Oh, yeah. Have you seen The Howling 2? I haven't seen The Howling 1. You haven't seen The Howling 1? Well, funny enough, I hadn't seen The Howling 1 either oh, right. um, for a long time. You yeah, hadn't on... seen it in the past. I have seen it in the past. I've seen it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a long time, it's one of those films I really wanted to watch, um, but just for some reason never got around to it. Yeah. Um, but it got a Blu-ray release, and I picked it up. Um, Joe Dante, so Gremlins fame, Piranha. Yeah. Um, I was really looking forward to it, and it is. It's very good. Um, it's dated a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of the effects look amazing. But like in the back of my mind while I'm watching it, you've got like this five, six minute werewolf transformation where somebody is the other side of the room like screaming. Yeah. So yeah. it cuts to like werewolf transformation, cuts the screaming, cuts the werewolf transformation. I'm thinking, yeah, if there was a dude that was transforming in front of me into a wolf and I had like a six minute window, I'd be fucking gone. I'd be fucking gone. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> in the car, driving away, yeah. let that fucker catch me. Yeah, <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, it's, the practical effects are great. Um, it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Mm. So Arrow Video released Howling 2, um, and it was in part of, they had, during the Fright Fest thing, they had, like, a special sale on every day, like, theme yeah. sale, and the Howling 2 is in it for a fiver, and I was like, well, for a fiver, yeah. I'll give it a crack. Yeah. And it's a completely change of pace. I, I think we should do an episode on it. It okay. is fucking ridiculous um, werewolf orgies uh, Christopher Lee trying to like blend into the background they like at a punk show yeah. so there's loads of people in like leathers and fucking shades and like the camera pans around and Christopher Lee who's like a werewolf hunter is there yeah. with a pair of ridiculous fucking sunglasses on and a fucking coat and they look like this fucking punk show <laughs> just scoping out werewolves standing out like a sore fucking thumb yeah. um and yeah, there's like, I'm pretty sure it's set. I think like they bounce around to various locations and stuff and travel into like the heart of Europe mm. to like hunt this where the werewolf queen is. She's going to do some sort of cantation. So they're all gathering around so that she can transfer essence of some other werewolf, I think, into herself to make herself young again. And okay. yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on. It really sort of blew my mind a little bit and I was yeah. somewhat distracted. But yeah, it's fucking. It's, it's like it's complete, we should do a double bill man yeah. we should do the howling because yeah. the howling is a very like serious like slow build yeah um, yeah horror with like very uh, focused sort of theme of like creating yeah you know the tension and the the disgust of this transformation and all this stuff yeah whereas two is just it's just having fun Nice. It literally is just running with the idea of werewolves. And what can we do? I know, let's have some werewolves shagging. It's just this fucking, <laughs> let's have a werewolf three-way. So there's these two women plastered in like fake fur, getting her on the yeah. bed with a guy out of fake fur. And they're all howling and like clawing each other and biting and stuff. Amazing, yeah. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really dug it, man. It was really good. Sweet. And the other ones that uh, I watched as well, it's actually, it's on Netflix. Um, I don't know if I ever spoke to you about the graphic novel I Kill Giants. No. Um, it's one of my favourite, I think. 
well, I say I think it's one of my favourites. It's one of the be not being a superhero guy, um, which that being a comic fan and not being a superhero guy is sort of not something you hear often. Yeah. But yeah, I like comics, but not necessarily superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I Kill Giants came out of sort of nowhere. It was on a lot of people's top of the end of the year lists several years ago. And okay. um, I picked it up and it's about this girl that essentially does battle with giants. Yeah. And there's a plot twist that I won't give away in the graphic novel that like really like hits home and it's like, wow, it's a very powerful piece. Yeah. Um, very moving. I think my wife was crying when she read it, but like, yeah. it's, it's fucking great. Um, and then it was last year, I think they released like a trailer for they turned into a movie, and I was like, "Oh, awesome, man! I'm all over this." Yeah. Um, and it popped up on Netflix because again, I forgot about it as I tend to do. Um, and yeah, no, it's a really good film. Um, they changed quite a few bits and pieces, I'm guessing, for budgetary reasons and to try and keep like a sort of very basic, straight narrative. And I think having already read the graphic novel, it took away because I knew what the twist was, what they were all the hints and suggestions were pointing to. Yeah. It detracted a little bit, but not enough to, like, ruin the film. It was still, like, really good. Okay. Still really enjoyed it. You recommend it then, yeah? Yeah, big time. Cool. Um, and the other film that I actually watched recently that I've put off for a long time um, was the Maniac remake. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the original Maniac? No. The original Maniac, again, it's one that I remember distinctly seeing the poster for in the video shop as a kid and was all like, yeah, man, this looks... <laughs> This looks Badass. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like the from the neck down of a guy with a big, huge fucking knife in one hand and a woman's head in the other. Yeah. And surprisingly, it's something that my parents were not keen on watching. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Again, I can, I can see that. Yeah. It's one of those ones that just sort of slipped by and I never sort of watched until um, I got an import a year or so ago and watched it. And yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this time for the remake... It's Toby Maguire. Right, okay. As oh, not Toby Maguire, I'm getting Toby Maguire and Elijah Wood mixed up. Oh, it's right. Elijah Wood. Right. Not Spider Man, it's a fucking hobbit. Right. Um, and he's playing essentially the serial killer. And it's really good remake. It's all shot sort of POV from Elijah Wood's perspective. Yeah. Which is new and works quite well. And yeah, Elijah Wood's performance in it is incredible I was a bit sceptical to be honest I picked it up because everybody kept going on about it it was really good Yeah. I picked it up on Blu-ray and it sort of shat, shat? it didn't shat on my shelf <laughs> if I shat on myself I'd be in trouble it yeah, sat yeah. on my shelf for a long time Yeah. Um, and yeah I was just looking for something to watch and so fuck it I'll put it on and yeah no it was incredible um, his performance is just yeah he's creepy as fuck Mm. Um, I believe he's a massive horror nut himself so I imagine this was like the role of a lifetime for him yeah um, but no that's definitely worth doing that's another double bill I reckon we should do Maniac, Maniac and remake. Maniac remake yeah, so cool. we can do like a comparison yeah sounds good um, but yeah no I was really surprised by Maniac how much I loved it that was pretty badass I think that's yeah about where I'm at cool what about music listen to anything cool um, I've been checking out a band called Hawes. I've heard of Hawes. Yeah. Um, again, Spotify. I was really reluctant to like get Spotify for a long time because <laughs> I was like, it's fucking cheating. Yeah. You've just got access to all this shit. You're supposed to like look into this stuff beforehand before then, palming off the cash. We did like download a shitload of music before Spotify was a thing. So we did, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, they put a horse track up on like one of the playlists they generate for users. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my playlists, and uh, I was like, "Fuck, man, this track's pretty good." So I checked the uh, the rest of the stuff out, and they released an album called Gold. Mm. I've been listening to that, and they're touring, and I'm fucking keen. They're playing Bristol. So I'm well up for that. If anybody else is going, give me a shout so I don't have to go on my own. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about yourself, anything good coming out? Uh, new Pink Destroyer came out. Oh, did it? No yeah, way. man, yeah. I completely fucking missed that. Yeah. It's, it's no Paint of Dead Girls or Terrifier, but it's pretty solid. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're saying they're going in the new direction with it. They need, like, a new sound. Was I? I think so. I think, like, you said, well, when we talked about it on the bus to the Arrow Overnight, I think yeah. you said something about the production on it. it was a bit. Is it the production or the guitar sound? There was something you were saying is a bit different. Yeah, I can't remember where it was now. <laughs> we'll check it out. It's yeah. on Spotify, so... It is, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It's a pretty solid release in the back catalogue, but um, like I say, no Painter of Dead Girls or Terrifier. Um, Distillers dropped some new tracks. They oh, really? dropped new, two new songs. They still a thing? They, they're coming back, apparently. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I was a bit sceptical about listening to it, because I was all like, well, she's left Tim Armstrong to be with Josh Holm of Queens of the Stone Age fame. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, oh, maybe it's going to have quite a heavy Queens of the Stone Age sort of influence. Mm. Um, I wasn't blown away by either track. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the rest of the album sounds like. Yeah. But again, all available on Spotify. <laughs> Use promo code <laughs> Movie Ghoulies Podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. To get fucking nowhere. Nothing, <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I love how this episode just turned into a fucking advert for Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, Arrow Video. Yeah, yeah. We're always advertised in Arrow Video. Yeah. Uh, bastards. Pre-orders. Yeah, pre-orders. Um, speaking of films, Eureka have announced um, the October release schedule for some horror movies. Oh. And they're releasing Monkey Shines, which is a George Romero movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen Monkey Shines? No. Monkey Shines about a dude, he has an accident, becomes, I believe, it's a paraplegic. Okay. Um, he's stuck in a wheelchair. I have, it's a long time since I've seen it. I think he can't use his arms or his legs. Right. Um, and so he gets a little monkey to help him around the house. Right, okay. Except the monkey's a bad monkey. I love it already. Yeah. It sounds incredible. <laughs> another future episode, Monkey yeah. Shines. Um, Night of the Creeps is another one they're releasing. Oh, there's loads of pre-orders. Yeah, let's just do a fucking 10-minute bit on pre-orders. Um, so yeah, Eureka are doing, releasing, and yeah, feel free, all these companies, <laughs> to send me some free shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen half of these, so send me some of them. <laughs> yeah, send Dave some. Um, yeah, Night of the Creeps, which again, I have never seen. Yeah. Um, it's a big favourite for a lot of the horror people that we sort of follow and know. And so yeah, I pre-ordered the fuck out of that bad boy. Yeah. Um, they're also releasing Troll. And Troll 2, which okay. is arguably the worst film ever, apparently. <laughs> right. um, so I'm quite keen to watch those too. Yeah, yeah. But on John Carpenter pre-order news, the UK is finally getting a Blu-ray release of Prince of Darkness, which again, I haven't fucking seen. So yeah. I'm super excited for that pre-order. Cool. I'm not sure who the company is. I'll have to double check, but I've pre-ordered it. They're also releasing The Fog, which I'm hoping gets a really good, uh, nice, decent yeah. transfer. Yeah, I love I The think Fog. The Blu-ray release of The Fog at the moment is pretty naff. Yeah. Um, they're doing a They Live release. Oh, nice. Seen They Live? Yeah, years ago though. Oh, man, I fucking love They Live. Yeah. We'll have to do a They Live episode. And they're also doing Escape from New York, but they all come in these fucking shit art nice. box sets, man. They're doing like a 4K box set. Yeah. It's like, oh, I haven't got a 4K TV or a 4K player yet. <laughs> uh, do I buy the 4K box set or the standard Blu-ray discs? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, no. 
pre-orders loads for, all for October you bastards so yeah I got most of those pre-ordered because I'm <laughs> fucking sad <laughs> you're a Blu-ray whore I don't, I don't go to the pub anymore so I just spend all my money on Blu-rays yeah yes yeah, so that's us films music pre-orders tunes what have you guys been doing anything exciting anything remotely exciting what are your thoughts on Spider-Man you loving Spider-Man hating Spider-Man I don't really care I finished it I got a platinum I've traded it in but if you feel want to you know let us know what you think feel free on various social media platforms that yeah. we once again can't remember the names of well, I mean it's all variations of a theme of Groovy Goody's podcast so. yeah we are in our efforts to be more professional the next time we record we are going to record a Bumper, bumper. What's the correct term? A bumper. Term? Yeah. A bumper. We're going to record a bumper for the social media bits, and maybe we'll put a little jingle in there. Maybe we'll have a little sing song. So I'm writing another song, right? Yeah, write another song. Okay. A little bit of a funky, okay, happy hot poppy. I can't do poppy now. <laughs> maybe there's. A, I'm sure there's somewhere online where you can like they give out free music, isn't That's it? That's cheating. That's cheating. <laughs> Yeah, do it. Fucking do it yourself. <laughs> okay. We'll like set a day aside where we can write a jingle. Like That's a radio good. jingle. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, yeah, we'll come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. I'll write the lyrics and then maybe we'll try and work it into some music. Yeah. I'll try and write some pop music, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> In a couple of years' time, we'll release like the Groovy Goonies Greatest Hits album. <laughs> we can have re- reunion tours and everything. <laughs> The tours that never happened, yeah, they're yeah. now happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the reunion tours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all the time the, these chatty bitches have got for now. Um, we're going to let you feast your ears on our mad interview skills. <laughs> for the record, neither of us have ever interviewed anybody before. Actually, I've interviewed Ben from GoTour before, but I forgot to turn on my recorder, so I didn't catch any of it. <laughs> And then yeah. I had to try and write up the interview from memory. So the, luckily this time it actually recorded. We so actually we recorded. Yeah. yeah we, neither of us have successfully interviewed Yeah, successfully before. interviewed, yeah. Um, I did send a questionnaire interview to Mike Park of Asian Night oh, Records yeah, fame one time. And he did yeah. get back to me, so yeah. that was pretty sweet. But I didn't have to like actually ask him questions face to face. I just got to like wing it and like yeah. write some stuff down to sound like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Whereas this time, it was a over Skype interview, and I had to try and yeah, think of questions on the fly. I was trying to keep it smooth. Yeah, um, I think that we could definitely hone our interviewing skills a little bit, as in I could write some questions down, <laughs> <laughs> and you could write some questions. Some you did write questions down. I did. I wrote three questions. Three yeah, questions. Yeah. Two questions, and then yeah. the rest I just winged, winged it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it came off quite well, to be honest. Yeah. We'd I, like think I take, could have asked a few more questions, but, yeah. We'd like to take this opportunity to once again thank Philip Escott yeah. for uh, taking the time out of his obviously very busy schedule yeah. of watching hundreds of movies to filter through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, here's the interview. Enjoy. So today we're joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. Philip Escott, who is a writer and director, co-writer and co-director, if I'm correct, of uh, Cruel Summer which is available on Sky Cinema or Now TV. He's also the co-founder of independent production company 441 Films and is responsible, or partially responsible, because it's him and Mr. Dr. Coven, I believe, 
for organising the Fractured Visions Film Festival, which is coming to Cardiff at the end of the month at the Tram Shed. Hello and welcome to Groovy's Ghoulies podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And guilty as charged. Yeah, <laughs> That's me. Um, so yeah, well, uh, I suppose my first question is, um, as your uh, fellow Welshman, how on earth did you get into actually writing and directing movies? Uh, yeah, well, it was kind of convoluted, really, as I'm from Ely, and there's not much really uh, choice in Ely when it comes to filming. <laughs> Ely's not the uh, a hot spot, if you will, for the, the film world. So it was essentially just self-training myself. So I bought a DSLR camera and literally learned the, the hard way, really. And through that, I got onto film sets through meeting people through the the film world at place like chapter and stuff like that and yeah from there it was literally started as a camera operator on very low budget films for stuff like the asylum and from that it was like well i've seen these guys do it i see how they make films for very little money why don't i just copy that and <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah it, i stole the idea from the asylum so yeah oh, so we have the asylum to thank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of those we were discussing it earlier. Um, that yeah, the school system sort of well, again too much into the school system itself, but there's not a lot of emphasis on sort of um, the film inside making film side of things. Um, I remember from a young age being really interested in the, the key thing that drew me to sort of horror movies is the practical effects, the gore, how all that stuff was done. And we, it was on Dave Stagg, actually. We were speaking to somebody who was working on the new Bourne film. Um, don't know how we got bumped into them, but it was a random really? thing. Yeah, there was the one girl... Well, I was talking to her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, yeah, it was just explaining. She said she did films, and it was like, oh, my God, you do films, amazing. I have a quick chat. And said to her about my love of practical effects, and in particular, um, I'd recently watched um, Maniac, the original Maniac, and said about the whole shotgun scene yeah. in the car. I was like, that's phenomenal. I'd love to do something like that. And she was like, oh, well, you should just drop what you're doing and go to, you know, union do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think that'll work at the moment. I'm a long time <laughs> in my life. But yeah, I, the, my sort of um, train of thought was that there's no sort of direct access almost into films in schools. Do you think that's sort of um, a strictly Welsh thing or just a general... UK thing there isn't yeah in Wales I mean we did well in high school I didn't even have a media course there was nothing it was literally music and that was it so if you wanted to be a creative you had art music and English yeah (laughs) I want want to go to films is what I want to do that's what I spend all my time doing this is the reason I'm not coming to school is because I'm at home watching films (laughs) (laughs) so there was that element but I know when you go to college there is media courses there so out of high school, it seems, there is a trajectory. And there was the Newport Film School, which I believe that's closed now. I think it's right. the University right. of South Wales or South Glamorgan. Yeah, they did rebrand them all over so a big merge. So I don't know how yeah. that holds up these days. I'm not sure if it is where it was 10 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, the infrastructure for the film world here, I really don't know where it is anymore. It seems to be there's a very small pool of talent that hold the key to the, the safe, if you will. Mm. How they got there, I do not know. I'm still trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think London and England per se is 
more established. I mean, they got special film schools there, like yeah. the NFTS. So, yeah, they're in a much stronger place. So, I, my suggestion would be to move to England. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, being the, the first actual director we've spoken to, how much fun is it to direct a movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. And horror is the, I know it's cliche to say, but it is a lot of fun doing a horror movie. I mean, the blood work and all that stuff, it, it's cool. But maybe when you see it on screen, it's not so cool. But at the time, <laughs> yeah, this is great. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of stress, a lot of arguments, a lot of fighting. But it's all worth it. Yeah, <laughs> The project is, it is all worth it. It's worth the pain and the tears. <laughs> um, so yeah, you uh, expressed horror movies. Is that your sort of key genre or are you sort of open to everything and anything? No, horror's my first love, man. It's like I grew up, like, Savini's my man. He go got me into, a, into a horror in a big way. And, yeah, the slasher films were my, my first sort of a guilty pleasure, the Friday the 13th films. It, yeah, I was just a horror geek growing up, really, the, the creepy Stephen King kid in high kid, school. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, totally, yeah, I relate with you there. So, yeah, uh, another theory that I've got that I'm banding around... Um, horror movies did you start watching them at a really inappropriate age i did but luckily my mother was a big film buff herself so she used to work in a, a cinema with my grandfather she'd like be the the ticket sales girl he was the projectionist nice and yeah she'd always tell me about films like squirm and carrie and like, i need to watch these and if they pop up on bbc one or two she you need to watch this thanks mum yeah <laughs> awesome well, yeah but i yeah, got this theory but, that like um, the people who were really into horror are people that were exposed to it at a younger age. Because you're so susceptible at that age to those elements of fear, they're like, it really has more of an impact. It's like these days, you watch a horror movie and it doesn't, it doesn't affect me the same way that it used to do. You still get a bit creeped out and you get your jump scares. But I remember being absolutely terrified watching films, certain films. And like for one example, for in particular, is like um, Evil Dead. <clears throat> the first time I watched that was out in the conservatory, with the trees, you know, scratching on top of the conservatory in the dark, thinking that I was big and brave. And after I'd watched it, the person who lent me the video said, you know, they went home and left it at my house. We tried watching it a second time, and even though I'd already seen it, I was so scared watching it the second time with somebody else that I was trying to convince them we need to turn it off because it was too scary. <laughs> but I think those those sort of uh, key sort of moments in horror watching them when you're still at that age where you can be afraid really sort of cement that interest in horror mm. um, it does, yeah absolutely and I think it, it does carry on into your, your later life as well because yeah I remember watching Night of the Living Dead in a cottage in the Gower when I was like 11 and like even though it's an old black and white film, it scared the shit out of me. I need to uh, stay awake all night, defend my family. Um, the next day, the, the family we were there with is like, oh, you thought that was good. Wait till you see Dawn of the Dead. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he took us, we dropped him off home. He gave me the VHS of Dawn of the Dead. Boom, that film changed my life. It was like, I'd never had so much fun having nightmares in my entire life. Like, Come on, bring on sleep, please. <laughs> awesome nightmares of like being in a shopping mall and just, it was outlandish. I'd never had that before where I was terrified, 
but having fun with it at the same time. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. such a strange concoction. Mm. And something I've been chasing ever since. Kind of like opium, I guess, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> to find that first hit again. So you mentioned Dawn of the Dead as being one of your you know, personal favourites. What are some of the others that really like... They, they, they were the ones that sort of nailed the horror coffin. Now was it. You were a horror guy. Yeah, so there's so many. I mean... Um, the Fly, Cronenberg's remake, was another one that absolutely floored me when I saw that. <laughs> Carrie, when I first saw that, blew my mind. There's also going into the, the 90s as well, because I still think 90s gets a bit of a bum rap. Yeah. But there was a, a film called Colobus. Do you remember that film came out in the late 90s? About a bunch of um, reality TV stars in a house, and the house is booby-trapped by some crazy motherfucker. Nice. Great, nice. great yeah. underrated horror film. Uh, yeah, there's so many in the classics, Halloween, Friday the 13th. So, yeah, pretty much everything that is loved generally is what had an impact on me because that's why they're the greats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, moving on to Fractured Visions. Um, where did the idea to put a horror film festival in Cardiff come from? Uh, well, it's just a, it's something I've always wanted, and it's just never been for some reason so it's like well if no one else is going to do it i guess fuck it why not me yeah exactly <laughs> why not <laughs> so it started off just doing um a monthly double bill at tram shed yeah i've seen some of the lineups the last sunday of every month we'd show two cult films and that's been going on for over a year now and it's like hmm, maybe we could uh do something a bit more with this yeah there's, a, there's uh, obviously the interest there yeah, and it's kind of involved, evolved from just a, a double bill every month into an annual film festival now. Oh, great. Awesome. Uh, in terms of the lineup, how did you come up with the lineup? How did you pick what uh, films you wanted? Through spending, I think it was 10 months of submissions. So it's been a long, long, long duration <laughs> to get this. I think overall we went to 140 films to get down to these Oof. eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's a dedication. That so, is. <laughs> it, it's taken a long time. We started in November last year and we finalised it at the end of August this year. Awesome. So it's been a long process, but we've seen some amazing films and there were some films we wanted to show that we couldn't because other festivals have had the, the premiere. So it's like, yeah, some of the stuff you don't foresee when you set out doing a film festival, they come very last minute. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Great. Why didn't I plan this? Oh, yeah, I didn't know. That's why. Yeah. So when you started Fraction Fractured Visions, then was it the idea to have in just indie films in mind, or would you were you looking to bring in bigger films? No, Fractured Visions was always intended to be cult and obscure films. Mm. So it was kind of with the film festival, it was trying to find the the future cult films, if you will. So yeah. we got um, I pay our respects again. We have a traditional double bill, which is the Norman J. Warren double bill. Mm. So we'll have him there talking about the, the films. But the eight that we've chosen that are the new films, we're hoping that they're going to be the ones horror fans are talking about in 15, 20 years' time from now. Awesome. Yeah, so at the moment, from what I've heard about stuff like Puppet Master and The Boy in particular, those two are going to go down an absolute treat. Yeah, because yeah, they are made by um, hardcore horror fans. Yeah, so they're yeah, yeah. by horror fans for horror fans, and they're a riot. <laughs> Um, yeah, speaking of the boar, the boar stands out as one of, I got a soft spot for creature features, man, I, anything 
Um, recently, I watched. Um, I saw the sponsors. You got eighty eight films is one of the sponsors. I yep. saw the release of Grizzly recently. Um, Great film. Love that. Chris George. <laughs> so I was all. I'm all for the ball. It looks amazing. No, and Chris Sun, who he did a film previously called Charlie's Farm. Yeah, I've seen Charlie's Farm. A traditional slasher film. Mm. But it sounds like the guy killed himself on this film. Basically, he's been <laughs> making it for years. Has Bill Mosley, and he's like. Yeah, Chris had his ass kicked on this film. So <laughs> going stock shelves at a grocery store, you can get behind him. But you can tell, I mean, it's mostly practical effects. This boar thing is huge. Bill Mosley was saying like two people could fit in it. It's like a Bloody little Volkswagen yeah. that just got driven around. <laughs> That's dedication. Yeah. So if I'm understanding the lineup correct, what we're having, we're having a main feature and then a short after, is that correct? No, it's um, going to be a short first, then the feature, right. and the yeah, the ten, 10 shorts are amazing, and we're hoping these will be the future filmmakers who will go on to make the future, future cult classics. <laughs> yeah. So these are again users, uh, I say user, these are again a sort of uh, submitted shorts that you filtered through and had they are. And again, there was hundreds and hundreds of them to go through as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, since uh, November we've really not done much else we just watch <laughs> stuff constantly which is <laughs> for the first four months is amazing I was like oh shit I got a, a wife I need to spend time with her <laughs> <laughs> can I afford a Sunday off <laughs> so is your wife into the horror movies as well or is she she is yeah she's a, she's a big horror girl herself the classics mostly Yeah. I showed her um, she'd never seen Brood so we watched that on Friday Nice. That just reminded me again how much of a fucking awesome filmmaker Cronenberg is. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his films I've kind of avoided because he's so fucking dark and nasty. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, this film's amazing, man. <laughs> how does he do it? How does he make classic after classic after classic? Because he's yeah. a genius. Yeah, I'm a Cronenberg fan, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you had to pick, well, I say you had to pick, you have picked. What 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 is the film that you think is really gonna like surprise people? That's really gonna like because we've tried looking at um, obviously a couple of them. Well, I say a couple of them. I'm familiar with Puppet Master and familiar with Ball because of Charlie's Farm and sort of. But a lot of the other films, um, I haven't sort of heard of. So we've done tried to look at sort of YouTube for trailers and stuff. There's a couple of trailers for a couple of bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, there's one film in particular that you think is really going to knock people's socks off because they have absolutely no preconceptions of what it's going to be. What do you think that film is going to be? Uh, that film is Lutz, which is um, a German Jalo possession hybrid. Nice. It's absolutely insane. It's only 70 minutes, but my God, it is the most bonkers 70 minutes <laughs> you'll ever spend in a cinema yeah we just I, looked at the trailer yeah, for that and thought I've like, seen a film like it before it's yeah. nuts <laughs> yeah that was one of the ones I made a note of that's one of the ones where the trailer's up on YouTube so if you want to check it out check it out because yeah. it does look it does look mental yeah. bonkers yeah. it is <laughs> and it's the the uh, director Tillman Singer it's his first film and he shot it on 16 mil I think it was something to do with his university I think it was his final thesis project mm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a menace. He's gonna be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's got some severe talent. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So back on the sort of horror uh, theme, 
We do at the moment. We've had quite a run in you know uh, the cinema and you know film in general of horror like really successful, doing really well, pulling in big money horror. What do you think of the sort of state of horror cinema at the moment? Yeah, it's kind of it's fractured, isn't it? So you got it making damn near a billion dollars, and then other films just going straight to DVD, which is tragic because some of those films that are going straight to DVD are absolute gems yeah. and just being side pass and. I'm not sure if it's because there's this club mentality where certain films get represented by certain people and they're destined for the big times now, whereas others, a bit more independent, don't have the right network of friends or something, and yeah. they just get shoehorned and caught up in the machine. So yeah, it's I, maybe it's always been that way, I really don't know. Like When you think about the, the 70s where the studio was dead, so... Pretty much it was a, the Wild West then, wasn't it? So you had stuff like Last House on the Left coming out doing dynamite business. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's just a case of waiting for the studio system to flop again. I mean, it's going strong now for nearly two decades. So yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe that'll crumble again and indie horror will reign supreme once more. At the moment, yeah, the studios seem to have it on lock. Yeah, there seems to be one sort of big horror film per year now. Like, for example, this year's Hereditary, last year, I think it was Get Out last year, was it? Or it? Um, it was last year, yeah, wasn't it? Get Out was sort of it, and Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think maybe Get Out's the success story because that only cost yeah. 7 million as opposed to 40 million that it cost. But yeah, yeah, add the numbers up. They've <laughs> 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 probably done as good as each other. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it's definitely these. I think it's a lot to do with the marketing behind those films. They're big studio films, stuff like it. Um, so they're getting a lot of money thrown at them for sort of advertising. But I think it's it's a good sort of gateway to introduce people back into sort of horror. Though you can still check out horror movies, and like there are good films out there. Um, it's, yes, so like mentioned Hereditary. <clears throat> um, yeah. I was a bit Have sort of skeptical about watching that because everybody yeah. was saying about how good it is. But because it's it? yeah main because it's sort of mainstream Hollywood. But yeah, I went to watch it and was absolutely blown away by how good it was. Yeah. Um, Same here because it was one of those films with the hype had been just ratcheted so high. It's like, yeah. is this really the next Exorcist? <laughs> I went in. I was like, no, this isn't going to scare me. It's going to be a big pile of shit. It's going to be one of those post horror films, which doesn't look <laughs> like a horror film. Like, oh shit! Okay. <laughs> actually very very unsettling yeah yeah it is yeah definitely that was again another one where the the hype could have killed it but luckily it actually had the balls to follow through on it yeah. so i'm so fussed on the ending though the ending was a bit hmm. yeah yeah when i was watching it i kind of i tried to make a point of leaving um any sort of information regarding the film itself i tried to avoid everything so i go in with a clean slate because I think a lot of the times there have been a number of films where I like specifically going back several years now Scream um, I remember everybody going about Scream is the new masterpiece of horror it's the new you know uh, and when I by the time I'd finished watching it after all these people tell me about how great it was I said well, it's alright and from that moment like everybody every still brings you up the scream is like this great slasher movie and you know it's going back to slasher roots to a degree and all this sort of stuff and tying in with modern film referencing and i still can't get i still don't see it i like scream i'm a fan of scream but like i don't have the love for it that a lot of people have so i tend to sort of avoid if i can any 
other information other than oh this film's coming out it's about this right that's it I'll, I'm done um, and I think it works yeah. really well so like for Hereditary yeah I watched the trailer that was it it was like yeah no I'm keen um, same with A Quiet Place I watched the trailer for A Quiet Place I was like yeah no I'm not going to go to the cinema to watch it because it's a film that you're supposed to be quiet for and going to the cinema with people who don't appreciate I'm going to the cinema is an absolute nightmare <laughs> But luckily enough, I had um, like a, the day off work because I was poorly the night before, but was feeling better. And a friend of ours also had the day off. So I was like, dude, this is the opportunity. <laughs> like the cinema's going to be dead. We should go. And we went and yeah, it was just me, him and this other guy sat in the back. So it was perfect. And it's, it's a shame because it's an absolutely incredible cinema movie. But to have other people in there like talking and ruining it and all that sort of stuff is sort of, yeah, could have been a terrible experience. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so other sponsors. Yeah. Oops, sorry. That's one I've not actually caught yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely worth it's... checking out. I, I was quite surprised. Again, because it's that it's got that big marketing campaign behind it, there's that big push to oh, watch it, it's really creepy. Yeah. But actually, yeah. It it does the the whole lack of sound element to it. It really it obviously it heightens everything else then when you're watching it. But I was pleasantly surprised by... That's sweet, man. I have to try and find a quiet night to watch it. Yeah. Not that I've watched much these days. <laughs> <laughs> it all cinema, all filmed out after the submissions for the festival. <laughs> I thought it would be, yeah, but no. I was say, I'm still watching films now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sponsors for the festival. 101 Films and 88 Films. How did you manage to get them to jump on? Well, um, I work for them, so... Nice. The, yeah, so the supplements and stuff, yeah, special features, that's kind of what uh, I do. So, yeah, with 101 and 88, I've had a relationship with those guys for years now. It's kind of like, who do I know who can help me out? <laughs> so, luckily, they can't really say no, otherwise I'll, I'll have a hissy fit. And, <laughs> over the barrel, I like to call it. So, yeah, so they, they're keen to be involved. Yeah. And, um, but no, they've been, been absolutely great. So I actually got boxes of dvds and blu-rays here from them to give away at the festival so oh, awesome. yeah nice. they really come through yeah. and crafty devil as well they I'm a, I'm a beer guy i like my beer yeah and i was like can you make us a beer they're like special beer and a nice beer at the festival as well which is perfect for uh watching horror films mm. yeah definitely having never been to the tram shed before um, to the Tramshed Cinema, anyway. Yeah. What can we expect from Tramshed Cinema? Well, it's very, it's very niche, which is what I like. It's kind of um, why I started out was when I was a kid. I'd have friends around. I'd go to like the well, blockbuster, really. <laughs> go there, rent out tapes. We'd have like little gatherings, double bills, and that pretty much stayed with me my my entire life. So even come weekends I'd have guys around we'd all be watching these films like fucked up shit I found like Inside Martyrs <laughs> giving them real hardcore double bills yeah. so that living room mentality kind of fits nicely with Tramshed mm. but there's, there's like 50 seats there so it's very small it's very intimate and yeah it's just it's cosy it's warm it's friendly and it's everything you need for a festival with like minded people mm. so I do apologise there there's a lot of laughter and fun involved so yeah, films like A Quiet Place probably wouldn't go down well. <laughs> yeah, everyone's having a hoot. Yeah, I think the other thing, sort of going back to the whole cinema um, 
theory and you know big cinemas and people don't really appreciate going to the cinema anymore they sort of don't know how to conduct themselves <clears throat> I was pleasantly surprised you went to the Prince Charles cinema in London yeah um, recently for Arrow Video did a all schlock all nighter yeah. yeah and uh, yeah it was great going the atmosphere there was just fantastic like everybody was sitting around laughing at the bad scenes and stuff like that and it was just great so is that something we can expect from Tram Chat as well that's what it's all about boys yeah that's exactly what it's all about oh fantastic excellent I'm looking forward to that um yeah so as you were saying before I do the double bill features is there some planned for later in the year um what we've got um wow actually um the abattoir film festival and us are joining up for october so the last sunday of october which is the 26th i believe we're doing another all there for that so the next double bill will actually be december so we got a premiere in november i can't say what the film is just yet there's a welsh horror film that's uh just wrapped and yeah i'm hoping to do something really really fun for for christmas Put it that way. It's, a, it's going to be a classic 80s film and a Ooh. documentary <laughs> Tied up with 101 films by any chance? Not 101, no. Not 101. Oh, I thought I, I, thought I had it then. I thought I knew what I had <laughs> Oh, excellent. So are we to expect uh, Fractured Business to be a yearly thing now? Yeah, hopefully. If I can um, keep this momentum of watching films non-stop. <laughs> which is... It's a great problem to have, really. So, yeah, we're going to open submissions again in November for next year. And, yeah, it's just as long as Tramshed are willing to have us, basically. Awesome. Great. So, yeah, hopefully you get bigger as well. I mean, Tramshed is small, which is nice. It's manageable for the first year. It's perfect. But maybe we can spread out over a few more days moving forward, get more films in. Oh, great. Um, so, um, if you could just tell the people listening to this, I'm sure there'll be loads. <laughs> um, just how to buy tickets and stuff like that and bit of information on your website. Yeah, so if you head over to um, tram, tramshedcinema.com, you can get the weekend and day passes there. Or if you go to www.fracviz.co.uk, link to the, the goodness there. And also Fractured Visions UK on Facebook and at Fracviz on Twitter. Ooh, how modern. Tweet. <laughs> yeah, I think Instagram's the same thing. Yeah, I should probably brush up on my social media sort of knowledge. But yeah, we have exactly the same it. issue. Yeah, we we sort of started out and we made started all the social media accounts for stuff, and then when it comes to like actually introducing it all, we can't remember already. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then as for yourself, other than having to sit through next year's submissions for Fractviz, have you got any future directorial bits on the go? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm working on a, a film at the moment called Three Days on Planet Earth, which is um, a lo-fi sci-fi horror, which, uh, yeah, have an interesting call tomorrow, actually, with a rather famous Italian actor, which I'm hoping comes through. Nice. So get him on board, then I'll be one happy man. <laughs> so excellent. Look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think on that front, I think I'm sort of all out of questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add, or? Uh... Uh, no, please come along. <laughs> <laughs> please come watch these films with me. Oh yeah. Well, we'll be there definitely. Yeah, we're, we're planning on tagging along. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Well, in that case, thank you very much for yeah. joining us. Cheers, man. No, thank you, guys. We shall I look forward to having a beer with you at the end of the month. 
Yeah, yes, definitely. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Well, there we have it. There was our interview with Mr. Philip Escott. Um, if you are planning on going to the Fractured Visions Festival, please feel free to let us know and we yeah. can all hang out and have a beer. Definitely. You can all even get a free sticker from us. Yeah, we're going to be there with our some stickers if we can find what's left of our stickers and hand them out. In terms of social media, where to find us? Twitter. We do use Twitter. There's a Facebook page, which we don't really use. Yeah. Um, I might try and get somebody to sort of manage it for me because I don't want to be on Facebook. No, that's the thing. I mean, both of us fucking hate Facebook. So, yeah, we yeah. need to find somebody to do it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ideally, yeah. I see what I get my wife I to do. I think we're more active on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter are my things. I mean, and yeah, before people start sending me abuse about, well, Instagram is owned by Facebook, I know. But it's I, not Facebook. It's is not it? Facebook. <laughs> So yeah, follow us on Twitter at Ghoulies Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Groovy Ghoulies Podcast. And if you're a Facebook person, then search for us on Facebook. Though, like like Griff just said, we never use it. So, and if you want to get in touch with us personally for whatever reason, you can find me on both Instagram and on Twitter at, at @rancidmonkey. And I'm the same on at Dave Whistleteats. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Uh, the next episodes, as we mentioned before, will be the previously recorded episodes, so the episodes from the past. Yeah, so the next episode will be about the Arrow video all-nighter in the Prince Charles Cinema. Followed by Castle Freak. So make yep. sure you go and watch Castle Freak. Yeah. Um, it's very spoiler-heavy, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if you use Amazon Prime, I believe there's a Full Moon Pictures actual subscription service. Okay. So you can sign up to that. I don't know if they do like a seven-day free trial, but there's some cool shit on there, like Dollman and all the rest of it. Um, there's a couple of the Puppet Master movies, I believe. And yeah, that's it from us. We yeah. look forward um, to you. Before you go, don't forget to go to iTunes if you like us. Rate and review. Oh, yeah. Five iTunes. stars only, please. We had our first iTunes review. We did. Very Outside of Dave's wife. Dave sent me a, a thing saying that we had a fir- our first review on iTunes, yeah. and I was all like, woohoo, and he sent me a picture with it, and then I saw who the user was, and I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave was somewhat disappointed. Yeah, it was a very nice review, though, in all fairness, so thank you to that person. A tip Akira. Yeah. yeah, I won't give his real name, because, I don't know, I don't want to upset him. Do you want to call him that? Yeah. <laughs> it says, leave him lying in the shadows as a mysterious figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I didn't ask him to leave the review, so it's not like you know I paid for it. It is a genuine review yeah. for which I am very grateful. Thank you, sir. Yes, In fact, thank you. I'll pop over the road and post a sticker through your letterbox at some point. <laughs> so Mitch technically might make it a bit of a pay-for review. <laughs> technically. Well, it's one of those things. It's, the, the guy lives across the street from me, and... Yeah, I've spoken to him a handful of times, maybe a couple yeah. times in the pub, and like we've got various things that we talk about. We just never bump into each other because I don't go to the pub. Yeah. So he's obviously seen my post on Twitter or Facebook and decided to check us out and mm. left us a very tasty, helpful review. Yes. And for that, we're very grateful. And yeah, yeah if you want to come to any of the stuff, dude, just give me a shout. And on that note, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Till next time.